Good morning, everyone. Welcome to First Things First. I am Jenna Wolf. That is Nick Wright. Antoine Walker is with us on a glorious, glorious Wednesday morning, February 26, 2020. <laughs> it day. absolutely is a great day. And Antoine, <laughs> for all the folks out there that say I have some anti-Celtic bias, one of my favorite people in the world, Antoine Walker, is here this Thank morning. You, How are you? Thank, you? Thank you. There's something else about this morning. What is it? 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 What oh, is it? oh, what oh, is my it? bad. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> Birthday to my good friend Danny back in Kansas City. <laughs> Antoine, happy set birthday, him straight. Happy birthday, John. Thank you, you so much. You want me to sing happy much. birthday to you? Do you? No, it's copyright. We issue. only have three hours. Copyright <laughs> issue. You're not allowed to sing that. Oh, okay. Television shows gotten in trouble for that. But just know, America, he would have sung happy birthday to me, and uh -huh. it would have been beautiful. <laughs> we have a great, great show for you this morning. Greg Jennings is going to stop by, little lady. He's going to talk some Tom Brady and the Chargers and why that could actually be a happening thing. But with Antoine here, we got to start our morning with the game of the night. Here we go. Pelicans, Lakers, the kid versus the king. And both lived up to and way past their billing last night. Zion was incredible. Again, 29 points and six rebounds. But at the end of the day, LeBron was all that and then some. Season high, 40 points for LeBron James. First Laker to put up 40 in year 17 since Kobe did it. Lakers get the win. Over the Pelicans, 118-109. Nick, I got to ask you, how impressive was LeBron's performance last night? 40 points. It was another playoff-level performance from LeBron, like we saw right before the break with that game against Denver, the game that had seeding implications, the game that we said where we talked about LeBron getting dressed a bit earlier than usual like he does in a playoff, in an actual playoff game. And listen... I'll remind the audience again because nobody can remember anything that didn't happen in the last six weeks and LeBron didn't make the playoffs last year. In the playoffs, if LeBron's shot's falling the way it was last night, he's going to score around 40, as he did last night. If his shot's not falling, he's going to score around 30, which bodes well for the Lakers because yesterday, Jenna, was the 18th time this season LeBron has scored at least 30. The Lakers in those games are 18-0. and 0. They have not lost a single high-volume scoring game uh, this season when, when LeBron's had a high-volume scoring game. But it really felt to me, Antoine, like he, the game was put away in the third quarter. Zion and LeBron matched each other almost point for point in the first half. In the early parts of the third quarter, when LeBron hit those consecutive three-pointers and gave the Lakers a comfortable margin, even though the Pelicans came back when LeBron went to the bench and briefly even took the lead, it felt like the Lakers were in full control from that moment forward. And if not for the just atrocious Rondo and Kuzma minutes once again. This is a 25-point blowout, but the Lakers end up winning comfortably in a game with LeBron offensively maybe his best game of the year. I was impressed last night with LeBron, and, and Nick, I talked about this all the time. It's certain games that LeBron has to play like this. I thought, I thought against the Clippers, when he plays the Clippers, you got to see this type of LeBron, where he's very aggressive, shoots 11 threes, he's very dominant on the offensive end, getting out on the break, um, being playing with a lot of energy. And he did that last night. He was great in transition. Some of his dunks um, last night were incredible, so that lets you know when he's playing at that next level. Um, I also like the fact that when he shot 11 threes, I thought any time that he's aggressive, they're, they're at their best. Anthony Davis was off last night, was only 6 for 21 from the field. But LeBron James, whenever he wants to put his imprint on the game, he can. I think last night he showed that. He knew Zion was coming in the building. He knew it was a lot of hype around the game. He's not, he, he wasn't going against Zion, but he knew it was one of those hype games. And he just, every now and then, LeBron wants to show the world, I'm still the best player in the world. 
right now. And last night was one of those cases where he showed that. And uh, just an unbelievable effort. Um, I hope, and you know, we may talk about this later in the show. I hope this is a first-round matchup. That's what it looked like last night to me. Um, it could be a great first-round matchup with each other. But impressive performance. Anytime LeBron plays like this, I get excited um, because I know if he does this against the Clippers, they got a chance to win a world title. He has to be aggressive like this and play at the level where he goes back to the old LeBron. We've seen a lot of point guard LeBron this year. But attacking, the- getting to the rim, I, 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 I can't. Dusty, do you can look this up. I, he couldn't have had a game this season, yet this season, with more dunks than last night. And they were ferocious dunks. The one on the from the Caruso between the legs pass, where that's as high as LeBron's gotten up in a couple years. He he had, I don't want to say something to prove, but he understood the gravity of the game last So that's what I was going to ask you guys. What do you think is fueling LeBron right now? I mean, is it... Is it all the Kobe stuff? Is it the fact that the Lakers are on this incredible run right now? Is it the fact that he loves where his team is? We talk every year about how LeBron goes through a period where there's a little bit of a lull and he and he knows what he's got to kind of build up for in the playoffs. But for whatever reason, we didn't see that much of it this year. He's playing like he's got something to prove. LeBron doesn't have to prove anything to anyone. What do you think is fueling this guy? National stage, all the spotlight, and he comes out and does what he did. I think, obviously, it goes back to last year. I think, obviously, he was disappointed in the season um, when he was able to add AD, I think he came in very focused. He's taken a very professional approach to the season. That you could tell by the amount of games he's played. You could tell the seriousness, the way he's approached every game to make sure his team gets the one seed. Um, Nick, you talked about it before All Star break, making sure they finish right. And then him going to the press conference talked about how he wanted to finish the game right. And I just think right now he's very comfortable. Um, he's healthy as he's been. Um, obviously, we see he can turn it on and be as athletic as he wants to be when he needs to be. So. I think right now LeBron is just, just focused. He's got championship on his mind. And also, too, obviously Kobe has probably gave him even an extra push to want to do this for, for him as well. Well, and that well, the, the Kobe Bryant tragic element of this is, to me, the, the aligning story now with this Lakers season. And I, it is impossible to imagine another player in the NBA being in the position LeBron is in, being the face of the Lakers, being the, the the guy that has to give the speech right after Kobe's death and somehow does that pitch perfect, seemingly unscripted. And then each time there has been some part of the the Kobe Bryant tragedy aligned with basketball, he has answered the bell. The day before the memorial, they're playing the hated rival Boston Celtics. You have all the luminaries in the building. He hits the game-winning jump shot. The day after the memorial, they're on national television, back at home with a Staples Center crowd, just full of emotion and excitement because of Zion, and he drops a season-high 40 points. This is a guy who was, when Zion was... He was, LeBron was already in the league when Zion was three years old. When, when Zion was, do I have that right? Yeah, I have that right. When, when LeBron came into the league, Zion was three. So for the entirety of this star who we're about to talk about, Jenna's life, LeBron has been doing this, and he's now doing it with the additional pressure of all of the city of Los Angeles kind of having what happened with Kobe sitting on them in a way unlike any other cities dealing with. All right, so the other big story is obviously we said the kid versus the king. Let's talk about the kid. That was Zion. What a night for him. Here's what LeBron had to say about the rookie after the game. The kid's special. I mean, we all know that. And, uh, and every game is going to be another opportunity for him to get better and a learning experience for him. But 
in today's game, where it's, it's a track it's a track race, it's a fast pace, it's high tempo, it fits this game perfectly, and the way that they play, it fits this game perfectly, because they get the ball out, first eight seconds, they're trying to score and score and score, so, uh, but the kid is special, man, and, uh, you know, they got a good one in them. They certainly do. What did you make of Zion's first game against LeBron, Antoine? I took a lot out of last night. I took a lot of positives, but I also took a couple of negatives out of it. I thought he was great um, around the basket at times. Um, we saw length bother him last night. He got a shot blocked probably four or five times with you know with Anthony Davis and JaVale McGee. So he's gonna, he struggles against height. We see that. Um, but his tenacity to continue to keep playing, play through plays, I think, you know, you don't see that sometimes from a 19-year-old. If things ain't going well for him, he continues to play through it no matter what's going on in the court. And I thought last night, um, this is the reason why he should came back. People was like, oh, well, why Zion come back? Why he should never came back? This is why you come back, to see where you're at. And to play the game that he played against the best team in the league right now, well, the second best team, yeah, record-wise. Best the, team in the West. The, the West right now, a championship contender, uh, speaks volumes. It, it helps build, um, obviously, confidence in him to where he can be at. Um, playing against an Anthony Davis, a JaVale McGee, too long a guy. So now he knows offensively what things he needs to work on to get better. Now he knows he has to really work on his jump shot, be able to make a couple of those um, throughout a game. Don't put so much pressure on himself. Um, I thought the most impressive part to his game last night was getting to the free throw line well, 19 times. It, it, listen, because he was – it's unbelievable. It's his 13th game. He goes 29-6 and six on the road against the best team in the West. And we're like, ah, it wasn't as great – it wasn't a great game for him because he was 8 of 18 from the field. Right. But he buttressed that with 13 of 19 from the free throw line, getting 19 free throw attempts, getting out in transition, keeping whenever it looked like the Lakers might pull away, he there was a Zion-led run or a Zion burst of energy. And he, what he's doing, I don't know if we have time to show it. I hope we do. If we because he's on a minutes restriction, so his overall this is per 36 minutes, which is not a perfect stat, but it shows you how effective you're being on a permanent basis. He's now above Wilt. As far as That's points crazy. per points per 36 minutes in his rookie season, Joel Embiid obviously did it in very limited minutes. Wilt did it in extended minutes, playing way over 36 minutes, and he's doing it learning on the fly. 13 games in, you mentioned the struggling against height. His two least efficient games of his young career, the one bad game he's had against Milwaukee, a great defense with a ton of length, and then a game last night, another team with a, and a massive amount of length and a really, really good defense. Those are the minor tweaks of his game, adding a little perimeter game as he will this offseason. Mm -hmm. But 29-6-3, and three, and it was like a B-level game from Zion Williamson speaks to how spectacular he is. And, that's, and, and obviously, we're so used to him shooting 60, 65% from yeah. the field. So when he goes 8-for-18, I would love to go 8-for-18. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that was a good game for me, if you know what I'm saying. So I, I understand what people are saying that it was a marginal game because he's so efficient yeah. around the basket, and he, and he does such a good job, especially all season long. But um, last night was, a, you know, I give him an A minus. I just thought it was a great game to be able to continue to get to the free throw line when things sometimes are not going your way. He continued to play through the game, the moment, only 13 games in, rising to the occasion and playing on the big stage against LeBron. Um, and he gets him again this weekend. This weekend they get to go part two of this, and maybe we'll get part three, four, five, six. In the the playoffs, first round and more than other rookies I've seen in recent years, you can always tell Zion loves to play basketball. He, that's why he bounces back if he misses a shot or loves to. You could just tell he loves to play the and game. And it was awesome defensively yesterday. 
Have you ever had muscle pain? I'm talking stop you in your tracks. I'll never work out again. What am I going to do kind of pain? This is the kind of pain Dr. Jason Wersland was in when he created Theragun, the deep muscle massager that's unlike anything you've ever felt. Theragun isn't a cheap massager that just tickles your muscles. Their handheld percussive device uses a scientifically calibrated combination of speed, depth, and power to release the deepest muscle tension. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just everyday life, you can use Theragun. Theragun is the preferred muscle recovery device for over 250 professional sports teams and used by hundreds of thousands of satisfied customers around the world to reduce pain, increase range of motion, and soothe aching muscles. Try Theragun risk-free for 30 days or your money back by going to theragun.com cadence. For a limited time, our listeners get a free charging stand with a purchase, a $79 value. That's theragun.com slash cadence, theragun.com slash cadence. All right, let's talk about another quarterback who's already in the league. That is Cam Newton. His future with Carolina has been up in the air the last couple of months, with the team still seemingly undecided on their quarterback decision. Yesterday, Cam put up a short video on Instagram saying, quote, all I want is a little commitment. Something he hasn't really gotten from the Panthers in the last year, but the Panthers took notice this time. New head coach Matt Rule saying, quote, I absolutely want Cam here. That admitted report that Carolina will keep Cam as their starter. All right, Greg, there's a lot going on here. I still feel like we're going back and forth on whether this team really wants to put all their eggs in the Cam Newton basket. What was your reaction to all this? Number one, I respect Cam a lot for putting that out there and saying all I want is a little commitment. He deserved a little commitment. And he's talking to the team. And he's right? talking to the team. And when you've done what he's done for that franchise, you deserve a little commitment. I'm not saying you deserve for them to say, yes, you're going to be here or no, you're not. But you deserve for for new regime to come out and say, we at least want you here. And so for them to come out and say that, it now gives him this idea and belief that, okay, now I can start moving forward and feeling comfortable that the offseason is approaching. You, kind, you do kind of want me here. I just have to continue to be on the, the path of creating and stacking success and fit into what you're trying to do. T Cam Newton is a great talent. He has been in one of the worst positions as a player, specifically at the quarterback position, who has had a revolving door around him at offensive coordinator, as player players around him, skill guys. He's never they, had- They the haven't been able to find the wide receivers. They've, his entire career, he's only had Greg Olson. Right, Steve that's, Smith early on and, the, and then Greg That's Olson. it, yep. and, and, absolutely. Steve Smith when he first got there, but after that, it's been a revolving door, and so he deserves the, the opportunity to build with this team and to see if he fits in what they're trying to do in the future. And they don't have a better option. They've never had a better option. This is the smartest thing the Panthers have done in quite some time if they do go through with it. And this idea, again, I, I, I feel like sometimes I'm, I, I live in a crazy world where nobody can remember anything that didn't happen in the last 18 months. Cam Newton, prior to the T.J. Watt hit, had missed three games in his career. 
His whole career, prior hell, going into this season, he'd only missed five. Then he missed basically the entirety of this season. This year was a lost season. Leading into the T.J. Watt hit with the new throwing motion and the new offense, Cam Newton had a 101 rating, 19 touchdowns, four interceptions to go along with 45 rushing yards per game and 230 passing yards per game and 67% completions, and his team was 6-2. and two. That wasn't the MVP season. That was 2018. That was Patrick Mahomes' MVP year is the year that Cam was 6-2. and two. And so, of course, this is their better option. What's up? So why didn't the Carolina Panthers say, you're our guy. Let's sign you up for a couple more years. Here's a new con. Like, why didn't they, why aren't they, if they know that, 101 passer rating, those eight games were great games. Why not say you're our guy? Why well, are I they? I feel like that's what they, they, they were just doing. But, but for the last year, they haven't been. They've been sort of floating it out there that they're not sure well, what they're going to do. They had a broken do. foot. And and now they and I and I'm not advocating you give him a contract extension. I'm He's advocating just just let him play, a, play the you, year. You got Cam Newton Last year for, for one year, 19 million dollars to see if he can get back to that level. If he does, he's the best non-rookie quarterback bargain in the NFL. This is and by the way, Matt Rule, what he has done at every stop offensively at the collegiate level and also with an NFL background. I'm excited to see Cam in that. And Greg, just quickly, I'm curious your thoughts on this. All of a sudden, the NFC South feels like one of the more wide-open divisions in football. Tampa don't know who their quarterback is. Atlanta inexplicably brought Dan Quinn back. Let's run that thing back, see what happens. And New Orleans doesn't have a quarterback under contract yet, even though they seemingly have three competent ones or two competent ones and, and Taysom, whatever Taysom's going to be. So I, to me, that division's super winnable if you get the Cam Newton that you had before T.J. Watt wrecked his shoulder and before he got his foot broken. Yeah, when you, <clears throat> when you look at a team like this and you get a new head coach, Ownership has changed. The one thing that you want to have is a leader in that locker room, a guy who's been there, who's won, who's who's literally trying to do the things that you want at the quarterback position. And as you mentioned, Cam is their best option. There is no one. Like, you can talk about Teddy Bridgewater. You can talk about Tom Brady. You can talk about all these guys that are free agents right now. I would not, if I'm the Carolina Panthers and I have Cam... Yeah. I'm not taking one of those guys. And all over those Cam guys Newton. will cost more. Yes. Than $19 million next season that Cam Newton, who's already in your building and wants to be there. No, it certainly seems Cam Newton is the best option for the Panthers at this point. Moving on to Tom Brady's future now. For weeks, Brady has been linked to the L.A. Chargers. Yesterday, Chargers head coach Anthony Lynn was asked if he wants a mobile quarterback now that Phillip Rivers is gone. Listen to what he had to say. I prefer a winning quarterback. You don't have to be mobile. I, mean, I, mean, I believe that guy in New England won a lot. He's not very mobile. All right, what do you think, Nick? I know you've been on this corner for a long time, earlier than probably almost anyone. You like the fit, Brady, to the Chargers? Has, this, has you wavered this, at all? No, this is... And by the way, Tyrod Taylor's a, a fine option. I think Tyrod Taylor was a was a good-ish quarterback in Buffalo, and we'll see how he's developed if they don't get Tom, if they don't do something else. But... This has always made the most sense. Tom Brady's from California. Granted, Northern California, not Southern California, but he's still from the West Coast. The Chargers have elite talent on this football team. They've got 
I, I think a guy who is already one of the 10 best defensive players in football, and I'm not talking about Joey Bosa, I'm talking about Derwin James. And then another guy who might be one of the 10 best defensive players in football in Joey Bosa, go along with Melvin Ingram. That's on the defensive side of the ball. On the offensive side of the ball, you have freak athlete Mike Williams. You have Keenan Allen, who's one of the more underrated guys in his position in the league. As far as we don't know who they're bringing back, but Hunter Henry, Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, you, if Russell Okun comes back healthy, you've got a left tackle. I, what they needed last year was a quarterback who was not repeatedly throwing the ball to the other team. And for all my criticisms of Tom Brady, and despite his season ending on a pick six, he's not a turnover-prone quarterback. He's quite the opposite. He'll throw the ball away. He will throw it in the dirt. He's not going to turn the ball over. So I, to me, it's always been the Chargers as the favorite. Not Tampa, not not Indy, not Tennessee. So to me, it's always made the most sense, Greg, and that's to, it, that's where I see him landing. It makes sense when you talk about it like that, it, as far as a place where Tom Brady can go and he can be inserted and then they have the potential to be a Super Bowl contending team. However, you look in that division, and who's in that division? Uh, let me think. The Raiders? You're talking about them? The, yeah, the Raiders. The Raiders, the, the, yeah, the Broncos. Your, your guy. The Bron- oh, the Chiefs. Yeah, the I can't, Chiefs. Th- that's the right. reigning that's Super Bowl right. champs. I forgot. So the road to success is not going to be easy. But just focusing on that situation, again, it goes back to culture. Everyone can say and feel and believe that a place is a right fit. But if the mentality of those guys in that locker room, those guys haven't won. They are hungry, they want to win, but they would have to learn how to win. Maybe Brady can be that X factor and get them over the hump, but maybe it's too late. The the style of play that they like to play with throwing the ball down the field, they do run a lot of crossing routes, that bodes well for what Brady can do Mm -hmm. and not having him stand in that pocket and wait for those guys to create separation and get open down the field, that works out. But if if you're just depending on Tom Brady to step in and say, oh, this is a Super Bowl-bound team, you don't think I don't think that oh, this oh, I is think Peyton so Manning and Denver Broncos I don't think so over. either. But I also think the Chargers have other factors at play, like having anyone in the city of Los Angeles care about them, like selling tickets to that new stadium that they are the co-tenants of the Rams with. And there's one other element of this that I think is totally fair to bring up. Uh, all three of us on this set are married to powerful, successful women. And all three of us could not just say, hey, guess what? We're moving. It is a, right? You couldn't. It would have to be a mutual decision. Greg, I know you <laughs> couldn't. It would have to be a mutual decision. I sure as hell could not. It has to be a mutual decision, and we have to take into account how the move would affect our spouses. I. Tom Brady's wife is as successful in her field as he is in his. Tom Brady's wife is as big of a contributor to the family's overall finances as he is to their overall finances. Tom Brady's wife has been publicly saying, and I'm not getting his business because she's done this on television, that she's wanted Tom to retire for a number of years. If he's going to sell her on, not only am I not retiring, but I'm we're moving, because I don't buy this idea that he's just going to go away from the family for six months. That's not the person not I saw Tom. in Tom versus no, Time doesn't appear. Then he has to be able to sell her on a city that their kids are familiar with, kids might have friends at, they have a home at, that she can do her business at, 
without having to get on a, pri a private plane, that ain't Nashville. That ain't Indy. That ain't Tampa. It's maybe Miami, but then you're in a you can't win. Or it's the, the Chargers in L.A. where they've got a home and where she can do her work. I think that's a big well, factor why here. Why do you trust that, that Tom Brady could be successful in L.A.? Yes, he might have more weapons, but not nearly the coach that he would have in New England. And he won't be and he can't be and he's no longer going to be successful in New I England. I don't think Tom Brady is going to be a championship quarterback anywhere he goes. I don't think Tom Brady believes that, though. And so if you're looking at the team, the Chargers have more talent than New England does, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. And so for the I don't think if, if I were running a team and ticket sales and popularity didn't matter at all, Greg, I would never give Tom Brady 30 million dollars a year. But there are guys running teams that have a different opinion of him than I do. And there are guys running teams that say winning is one of the factors in me keeping my job. But if we sell out our new stadium because I, I nailed the acquiring Tom Brady, that's probably an easier way for me to keep my yeah, job. I mean, that for me is the number one reason why the Chargers would be all over this. Because they're in a market where they have to sell tickets. They're competing with uh, everyone. 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 And everything. And of course, every sport. Exactly. Right. Not even, not and even every sport. And the beach and Hollywood. Yes. Yeah. It's just Hollywood. And so yeah. you're competing with all things, and you want people to come and see what your product is. And with Tom Brady under helmet and on that field in your uniform, that kind of lures them to want to gain interest and pique their interest in the coming to watch. As far as selling tickets, Tom Brady is a bigger draw for the city of Los Angeles than Patrick Mahomes would be. As far as actually moving the needle there. This Charger team was 12-4 and four two years ago, and no one cared. No one cared the year mm -hmm. they moved from San Diego. And so, and I understand they weren't in the new stadium yet, but if you, he is, that since Peyton retired, he is without question the single biggest draw in the NFL. It, it, no matter what his level of play is, he's Tom bleeping Brady. And I think so for all those reasons, that's why, Jenna, for five months I've been saying the Chargers, it's the family, it's the team need, it's the skill position, it's the city it's in, they're in, it's all of it. To me, it, it's the only place that makes sense. The draw is what's going to be the hardest thing for Robert Kraft if they are going to go separate ways to let happen. The fact that he's such a draw to, walk, to let that walk out of your building. Nick, a little in or out? Love to. Here we go. Kyler Murray's head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, said he hopes the 22-year-old quarterback makes a big leap in year two, like Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson both did. Nick, you went around on Kyler making a year two leap. Not like those two guys. I'm out. Those two guys both won MVP in year two. <laughs> I mean, that's a, it's a hell of a standard to have. Like, I go from a rookie to be the third consecutive second-year player to win league MVP. So, I listen, Kyler was better last year than I thought he would be, and I want to give him credit. I was very concerned about his lack of size. That didn't seem to kill him last year the way I thought it would. But, no, I don't, I don't think Kyler's ready to make that type of leap, so I'm out. Yeah, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. I'm in. Not the MVP type of leap, but the, the level of play uh, that they will provide for their team to be successful. I think a second year with Cliff Klings, Klings, Klingsbury, Kingsbury. Kingsbury. Him too. And, yes, him too. <laughs> and, and, and the guys around him, they understand what he brings and who he is. This is going to be his team moving forward. Can, I love it. Can he be the second best quarterback in that division? 
Russell's one. We got Goff. We got Garoppolo. We got Kyler. I, yes. I think he can. I do. think he definitely that can. That I think he can do. We have fun class. I don't think he can win league MVP. I think he'll be the second best quarterback in the division. On to the Carolina Panthers now. They're reportedly moving on with Cam Newton as their starter with new head coach Matt Rule saying, I absolutely want Cam here. Greg, you in or out on the Panthers making the playoffs. The playoffs with Cam under center. I'm out uh, because, and I know, Nick, you mentioned this earlier about it being wide open. For whatever reason, I don't know why, I'm still high on the Atlanta Falcons. Like, I know (laughs) their offense, they have the pieces. They have a quarterback that can get it done. Defensively, I don't know what has happened. They have so much talent. Mm -hmm. I think that they can bounce back. In New Orleans, we know what they are. Tampa, we don't know. We exactly don't know what, what they Tampa are. are. They're they're a good team, uh, with Bruce Arians at the helm. I, I don't know what the Car- Carolina Panthers will be. Last time we saw Carolina with healthy Cam Newton, they were six and two, and Cam was playing the best football of his life since his MVP season. That was all the way back. I, I mean, if you can barely remember it, in November of 2018. It's not that long ago. You I'm lose, I'm in. You lose Keekly. You lose Keekly. I understand Huge. that. Huge. And you lose Greg Olson. But you also didn't have this level of Christian McCaffrey then. Christian McCaffrey was in year two, beginning of year two, hadn't really exploded in the player that he is now. I think Cam, Matt Rule's offense, I think that division is wide open. I have no idea why the Falcons are the other one of the craziest things you've said all week. I mean, they got but, so much. That's is last year and the year before. They, they've had a lot so, of talent for a long so time. So the, the, to the guy who just said, we can't remember six weeks back. The lot of you want me to go four years back. Hey, you want me to go back to uh, 28-3 against this guy? All right, on to this guy. On to the Chargers now. When LA head coach Anthony Lynn was asked if he wants a mobile quarterback, he said, "Quote: I believe that guy in New England won a lot. He's not very mobile, which had us thinking. Greg, you went out on the Chargers winning the AFC West if they go get Brady. I'm out. Out. I'm out." Because, and I hate to say this, Jenna, well, I'm going to talk to you. Okay. I'm right. going to talk to you because easier, I don't right? really want to look across the table yeah. and yeah. talk to no, you. No, no, it's okay. There's a team in that division oh, that has it? a very talented quarterback uh-huh. and, <laughs> and head coach that wears Air Force Ones. Yeah. Without the crease help. Without the crease. Thing. I just don't think they will be able to have enough. Oh, to beat to them? Yeah. Who, be who's that team, Jenna? That Super would be your Bowl Super Bowl chance. winning Chiefs. Yeah, the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, now, listen, the word is we might have a new CBA coming out anytime today, maybe. It might be ratified today. If in that new CBA there's a divisional realignment and Kansas City gets moved, then I could be in. But assuming Kansas City is going to be in the AFC West this upcoming season, of course I'm out. Put any team in the AFC West. Put all the teams in the AFC West. Have me one big division. Ain't none of them winning but the Chiefs. So I'm out. Love it. Yeah. On to the debate of the decade. Titans head coach Mike Rabel said yesterday, you get to a certain age that grown men probably shouldn't wear jerseys. Vrabel said this? More. Vrabel said that. Good job, Vrabel. Nick, I guess I know, but you in or out on adults wearing jerseys? I am out. The only exception might be hockey sweaters. Hockey games are cold. It, it doesn't look just like it. it there, there's more of an aesthetic to it, but there's different levels of this being unacceptable. The most unacceptable is... 
an adult wearing an NBA jersey over their business shirt, like the collared shirt. That's that terrible. is an embarrassment, and those people should have their season tickets revoked. <laughs> next level is just the adult wearing a regular NBA jersey with nothing underneath it. The next level is the That's football bad. jersey. It, once we get to baseball jerseys, I can eh, maybe at times hockey sweaters are okay, but in general, I'm out, Greg Jennings. I'm in, and I'm personally out, but I'm in on the idea of it. Who would be the example for the youth wearing the jersey? Where would they get this idea of, oh, no, I should wear there that? There are certain things you should grow out of, Greg, like making a big deal of your birthday. But, but at what a I'm, certain I guess, age. Nick, what I'm, at, what, I'm, for one what I'm saying, Nick, is <laughs> to take your kids. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> there you to go. take your kids to the game. Uh-huh. Like you want to be in that spirit. Yeah, of, and you want your kids, just like as I said before, you want your kids to be very excited and make a big deal of their birthday. <laughs> and then at some point, they get old. I get enough. what's happening here. Uh-huh. I can't focus because it is my birthday. That is, a, that is a weird, like, neck placement. Nick, can you turn around and make it. your neck do that? Yeah, yeah and no just problem. Try? You just want me to have, what, this? Well, oh, yeah, what it looks equally as weird in yeah, person, it, Greg. It, it no does. problem. <laughs> I have a Greg Jennings jersey. Impressive jerseys, though. Yeah, I have a Greg Jennings jersey. I wouldn't wear it. I have it framed. Greg signed it for me. It's in my memorabilia hall. Really? Yeah, You decided one was just enough for the show, and anyone else that hosts the show didn't need one? I asked him for it, Jenna. I was going to say, Jenna, you, you didn't never ask. Jenna, I didn't know that was a thing. Asked one person. Hold on, America. You've asked one guest we've ever had. We've had Shaquille O'Neal on the show. We've had Hall of Famers. I don't... One person you've asked for a jersey. Dude, whose last name was Wolf, who played for oh, the yeah. Broncos. You're like, can I have one of your jerseys? <laughs> I wouldn't even have to pay to personalize it, and it's hanging in her office. I did do that. Yeah. That, I didn't remember yeah. his first name. Derek Wolf. Derek Wolf. Yeah. Played for yeah. the team. Broncos. The Broncos. Yeah, she pretended she cared. Six hours. Thank you for listening to the First Things First podcast. Remember, leave us a review and tell us what you think. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and catch us on FS1 Monday through Friday, 6.30 a.m. Eastern.